So here's the thing that I do when I'm bombing. I'm starting to get scared that this joke isn't going to hit. For some reason, I start adding words into the setup that aren't even there. So all of a sudden, 15 words becomes 30 words. And then it's, it's like this downward spiral, right? Uh, some advice that you may, he said, slow down, just slow the whole room. Just slow it down. Let them know you're in charge. It's muscle memory too. It's like, I've been, I've bombed a million times. I can bomb again. It's not going to kill me. So the only thing that's going to kill me is to like react to it badly. And this is something I don't think people who don't perform standup understand. You have like two minds simultaneously working. One knows the joke by heart. And it's just like, it's saying it. And at the exact same time, you're analyzing everything that's happening. Right. And these two things are happening simultaneously. In the beginning, I used to write long story jokes. Say I got a joke that's this long and it really, it's all hinged on like this final thing I'm going to say, you got to go back and, and get into other punchlines so that if they're just not feeling it you can't go on for four more minutes and gotcha gotta have eject point all right welcome back to another episode of i didn't read your book i am your host lutch and today we are going to be doing something a little bit different uh i don't actually have an author lined up um I do have Damon Lillard, who is a uh, stand-up comic, a podcaster, a sketch comedy uh, content creator. Um, and I thought that why not try to expand the platform and uh, talk to other uh, creators and uh, you know artists other than just authors and see how the platform works. So we've got um, a trailer here for the podcast uh, that Damon does that we are gonna watch. Um, and then I also wanna watch a little clip of one of the sketches from the, uh, the, uh, the, one of the podcast episodes. And we will use that as the reading the back of the book uh, segment. So without further ado, let's go ahead and check that out. All right. So this is the trailer. Oh shit. Let me make sure that it's make sure that I share sound. There we go. That was where I fucked up last time. All right. All right. So the low budget show with Damon Millard. Let's check her out. Hey, everybody. We're back with an all new low budget show. What is that? I don't know what that is. It's a podcast. No, no. It's a sketch show. I highly doubt it. No. Well, it's like a podcast. Okay. Uh -huh. With sketches. I'll be down for that. Oh, and other stuff. What would some of that stuff include? A cooking segment. Not actually. So my first question, yeah, is what makes this like, how is this not just a sketch show? What about it is a podcast? Cooking anything. Can't think of the other stuff. Some things. Carving the pumpkin. Something sweet and innocent. Oh, what is this? Also Ouija board. Cigarettes. Permanent hookah. Snarf. And like some And as much as I am interested in this uh, this format, the, the, the low budget show itself, um, I definitely am interested in talking about his stand-up as well. So we'll uh, I'm sure we'll get into all of that. 
Producers for some reason. We do it all, baby. Okay, we'll try to work with that. It's the Low Budget Show. Stuff like this makes me happy. Episode 41. It's the Halloween special. But hey, hey. Oh. Here we go. We've got guest Katie Jackson. You can just show up like in my underwear. Boom. This is it. We talk Halloween. I see the sexy sandwich. Charlie Manson. His music's not that bad. And a lot of stuff <laughs> that I can't let you hear. Oh my God. It's getting cut out. <laughs> With cameos by Show what up, dang? Brandon, hey. Damian, Stephanie Stoll, Juggalo John, Tony, and Cindy, plus Shiny Silver. Show you around my. I definitely got it. Write down Juggalo John. Juggalo John was that it? Juggalo John. I have a bad memory. Milwaukee hotel room. Julia Louis Dreyfus is hidden somewhere. Huh? Can you find her? I'll show you how to carve pumpkins. Kind of preachy, if you ask me. All of that is in Papa John. The low budget show Halloween special. It's available right now on YouTube. Tell some friends about the show. I'm trying to get it to catch up. I really don't think that's going to catch on, dude. No, it will. It will, though. Thank you. What were we talking about? The low budget show with David Millard. I still love you. That's the best. All right, so that was the trailer to the podcast itself. Um, interesting, to say the least. Uh, I don't know that, uh, like I said, the, I, I don't really understand which part of it, um, you know, makes it a, uh, a podcast versus just being um, a, a sketch show. But I'm very interested in this type of stuff. You know, each piece that was there was it, even if it wasn't, oh, that's funny. It was, you know, the, the music worked well, the, the, uh, the timing of the editing worked well to keep me like, ooh, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? Uh, so that, you know, uh, what else could you ask for from a uh, trailer for something but to get you interested? Um, comparing this to a typical reading the back of the book, I do, um, well, on the one hand, I feel like this is probably a lot more accurate uh, to the actual content than the typical synopsis that we read on the back of an actual book and, and how well that represents what's in the book. So I think uh, there is less to, uh, you know, I think there's less to, to um, what's the word, to speculate about. Um, and, you know, while, of course, the, the contents, again, the content of the content um, is not necessarily something that I'm trying to parse out from watching that. I'm already uh, primed to be like, okay, I'm I wanna see what this is. Um, with, with a synopsis on the back of the book, it's typically, it's so limited. Even this uh, video was, was what it was, um, a minute and 52 seconds. And even in that time, which is much less time than it would take me to uh, uh, read, well, maybe not, <laughs> but uh, with barely more time than it would take me to read the back of uh, any given book, then I'm already, I'm already hooked. So I like, the, I like the platform, I like the idea. Um, I'm just not sure how this is different from um, you know, any other, uh, sketch comedy show. So that is my first question. Um, and, uh, and then we've got his most recent clip here from, uh, a couple days ago. And, uh, that is a clip from the previous, uh, not the previous, but a previous podcast. 
um, and I have not seen it. So again, we'll go in with our uh, live real reactions. I got a uh, tip. I, I'm a captions guy. I always have the captions on, but I got a tip uh, from a comedian that whenever you're watching a uh, um, whenever you're watching a comedy special or you know something that that is heavily reliant on comedy, not necessarily a comedy movie, but something like this, a sketch show. Um, there's that show I told you so with somebody. I forget his name, but. Um, the captions can sometimes mess with the timing of the jokes. And so I've started, whenever I'm watching a stand-up special, I turn off the captions and it makes it so much better. Just because I've taught myself to not really read the captions and it's kind of just like a, a dual, like I'm watching what's going on and then my eyes just kind of pick up and it just together with the audio and the visual, it, it, it pieces, it puts a, a picture together. And I, I do find that, you know, I do that because I, I gather a lot more from whatever I'm watching, but with the comedy, um, you know, we don't necessarily want to do that. So I'm going to keep the captions off for this one. And I, I have sped it up just a little bit, just because I don't know what it is and we're all watching together. So um, I did put it to 1.25 speed, but just to keep it moving. Let's see what we've got. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> what am I on fire now? As long as these numbers hit. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to tonight's Powerball drawing. Wednesday, November 25th. The grand prize tonight is an estimated $524 million. That's right. I'll give you a moment to bookmark your library borrowed copy of Fifty Shades of Grey. Gather all your cats around the television <laughs> and we'll begin. Just a reminder, your chances of winning tonight's big prize is less than getting a hug from that father you've never met. You ready? <laughs> Let's begin. And the first ball up is 47. <laughs> what were we talking about? The low budget show with David Millard. I still love you. Good, I hope I helped you out. Interesting. So, oh Jesus, where'd I go? I lost me. Interesting. So, I thought it was pretty funny. A nice little concept that I think uh, rings true. You know, a lot of people who are not in the best of positions do and uh, do spend a lot of money on uh, uh, lottery tickets. I know a lot of friends who um, are heavily into sports betting when uh, they don't have the money to be betting on sports. Um, I I wanna. I'm curious if there is a. Uh, um, significance behind the the number of 524 million and 100,000 dollars because that seems like a, a little bit of a, a pulling out of thin air but um so that is the type of comedy that we are uh we are heading into with damon um and so yeah i don't really know there, there's not again there's not really much for me to analyze there's not really much for me to speculate we just we saw it and that's what we're going into um, so yeah, let's not, uh, let's not bury the lead and let's bring in Damon. And there he is, Damon Millard. So thank you. Thank you. So, uh, is it Millard or Lillard? It's Millard, actually. Millard. Oh, Neither of I... those two. 
but that's all right. Finally, an easier name. I'm, I, (laughs) my last guest was Anna Rude Garg. And, uh, that's, I'm, I've just had terrible names. I'm not good at reading out loud. So this is, is, uh, uh, always making me look bad, but no worries. uh, I've been brought up on stage to the wrong name more times than the right name. I'm used to it. I don't care. I've had full jobs where people called me Damien for like years and I never correct them. I'm like, what's the point? Right. Damon Millard. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So um, we uh, just watched both the trailer for uh, the Halloween <laughs> episode of the low budget show. And yeah. we also watched uh, the clip that you just released a couple days ago on uh, your YouTube channel, uh, the, the lottery skit. Um, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. And I like I, them both. I, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I definitely, I, I, there's definitely a number of people that came to mind that uh, are pretty much living out that exact situation. And whether yeah. it's, uh, I was saying, it, whether it's uh, uh, sports betting or lottery tickets, it's often times people who are not necessarily in the position to be throwing money away on this or that uh, and, um, and, and banking on that ticket. Yeah, well, it comes from like, the, the lottery sketch comes from a joke based on the fact that like, I feel like hitting the lottery is my only chance of ever being happy ever. (laughs) So that's where it kind of comes from a joke. I used to tell that I stopped telling. And so I just filmed it one day and uh, yeah, I think it's (laughs) the best part is like the one, one ball and it's over. You know what I mean? It's like, that's that. Yeah. That's what hit me too. I was like, I I was expecting it to be like, Oh, I got this one. And then this one, and then this one. Cause that, that, that's what you would expect. But uh, I guess good comedy subverts your expectations right yeah um so my my first question about the the um the low budget show itself is what makes it a podcast and not just another sketch comedy show okay um let me tell you about its roots and then it should answer itself um so basically what happened was i i uh had moved from new york city to st louis for a three month stretch. And while I was there, I didn't have a car and I couldn't get to open mics. I used to do three, four open mics every single day and I couldn't get to them anymore. I didn't have a car, I'd have to bum rides or like get, you know, whatever. And so I just came up with this idea that I would film myself talking to the camera, kind of like I would do at an open mic. You know, you just go up there and you just spitball. And then if you find something that's funny, you keep it and then you continue to work on that. And that becomes a joke. So the very first episode, which isn't available anymore, but uh, it's just me talking to the camera, no guest, no nothing, right? So I did that two times. And then I was like, I need a guest on here. I want it to be something else. Then I start talking to guests and it seems like more of a podcast thing. So I started advertising it like a podcast, but it was always, it always lives in this weird genre bending gray area. And so is it a podcast? I don't know. I, I kind of brought that up in the in the preview that you watched. I was like, is it a podcast? Yeah. Not really. Is it a sketch show? No. What is it? Nobody knows. And I love it that way. I don't want it. It's it's its own thing. There's only one. And I'm cool with that. I don't want to I don't want to keep looking into what it is. Just let it live. You know what I mean? Here's this yeah, little I- baby bird. Go. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's that that's the whole thing behind uh, like why Chappelle left uh, Chappelle's show. Right. Is because they were, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's a million different things, but but basically that they you know, he had his ideas and, uh, you know, there was so much input uh, uh, on the side of what should be on the show that it no longer was his baby anymore. Yeah. Um, And uh, so how long have you been doing it? Uh, the low budget show actually started in 2014, 9 11, 2014. Actually, that's its birthday. And uh, I did it for a couple years and uh, I kind of, I don't know. The, here's the cool thing about I can answer this. I, I do this, my brain goes and it, it's one firing. One in the same, brother, one in the same. Yeah, it's just firing here and here and here. So, I, I started it also because it was this cool other creative thing to do that wasn't stand-up. Stand-up can get formulaic, especially if you're like writing a lot, performing the same bits a lot. You get, you could, you ever hear somebody's like, like it's like their joke momentum or whatever. And they kind of become, yeah, yeah, that's the right word. And it kind of gets predictable. And then there's this other, so you know, you do that for so long, you're just like, I have other ideas, other things I want to do. And then like, so, so the low budget show became like this other thing. I was like, oh man, I, I don't have to like set up and punchline. I can like, I, you know, and, and I went to film school and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was, I started taking on and I, and I used to work in TV news. So I took all these other skills that I had, mm-hmm. I added it to my, my comedy. And then it just became the low budget show. So in 2014, I was like really excited about that. And it, it went on for a couple of years. And actually what happened was um, I was on tour and I took my cameras with me expecting to shoot an episode and they either were stolen from me or I just put them down and, and lost them. And for, and I just never, I just didn't have the ability to actually shoot anymore. And then time passed and Tony, my my road manager, uh, he he keeps trying to get me to start the low budget show up again. And I'm like, ah, it's too much work because it, it is it's a ton of work. And um, and then one day this little thing called COVID happens. Like, right. oh, you heard of it? Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, so <laughs> so COVID happens and I'm stuck in the house and I, I found some old footage from a show that I never put together. And and that one's called The Leftovers. It, and it's the it's all about how I start projects and I don't finish them. And so I took all of and which is a theme with the low budget show. I started it in 2014, just let it fade off into nothing. So I took all these scraps of old episodes that never made it and I turned it into the brand new relaunch of the low budget show. And I've been doing it ever since like summertime 2020 again. And very cool. Yeah, and now I'm, I've, I've re-fell in love with it. You know, Tony's like the biggest fan of it. He kept like every day he'd mention it. I'm like, shut the, shut up. Can I swear on here? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was like, shut the fuck up, Tony. I'm sick of hearing it. But no, he's right, man. I didn't realize how how much I loved it. You know, and um, so what is the what's the biggest difference between because you're you're also a, a stand up as you mentioned. What's the biggest difference in, um, in uh, uh, you know, that, the, the difference in platforms? I mean, you mentioned the, the, the cadence, but, um, you know, 
I, I guess it's a, it must be a very different thought process on how to come up with a, uh, a stand-up bit versus a, uh, a skit bit. Is that okay? No, you know, it makes sense. Um, so there's been many times in my life where something funny has happened and I'm like, Oh, can't wait to get this on stage. And then you go up there and you try it out and it just doesn't, it, you can't sell it the way you saw it or the way it happened to you. And sometimes those are better off filmed, you know, like uh, there's a difference in like, like timing and stuff. You can do mm -hmm. stuff in video. You can show things like that. You just can't like in standup, you are, you're telling a story and you're painting a picture. And like when I'm, when I, when I'm actually telling the joke, I'm seeing it like in 3D, like I'm there again. Like if mm -hmm. I'm talking about a party that I was at or something, I'm back there. Like the crowd might be there, but I'm, I'm seeing myself at that party. And um, sometimes it's just, it's hard to sell it with just words. So it, it's just as they're not in the, in your brain with you. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, Oh, like you had to be there. You ever, you ever hear somebody <laughs> yep. say you had to be there. Well, with the low budget show, you can be there. You know what I mean? I can take these like things that I'm like, oh, that's funny, but it doesn't work out in a setup and punchline situation. It's just like, you know, and uh, then I started animating stuff too. And I'm like, oh, this, I love this. I can just anything, anything that is me, anything I have like any kind of like passion for or interest in, I can squeeze it into the low budget show in a way I can't in stand-up in stand-up yeah, i've got like a kind of like a character almost i mean it's it's kind of just like um like a steroid version of my real life right so i'm poor i grew up in a, in a rough uh hometown i talk about that <laughs> stuff i'm unlucky in love and relationships and stuff like that so that's who i am on stage and it's really hard to like get down to these like little moments that don't really add to that character Mm. by the end of my by by the end of my uh an hour set on stage you feel like you know me very well you know and this is just and the low budget show just goes one step further like like on in my stand-up i don't think you realize how weird and abstract of a dude i am and then i get <laughs> to really explore that in the low budget show yeah i can imagine how much how much more variety obviously yeah. you can do just because it's uh, uh and uh, did you, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, did you see, um, I think it was right around, uh, I might last spring, uh, Andrew Schultz, I'm sure you're familiar. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he put, uh, he put out that, um, that, that special, um, on net, was it Netflix or did you just put it on YouTube? I don't YouTube. even remember. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, kind of like the, uh, his spin on like what the late night guys do where he's just sitting and then there's the, the, the images, um, and it wasn't a, 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 a uh, typical standup special, but it was, it was masterful in the way that he, uh, uh, that he did it. And I'm, I'm blanking on who it was. Bo Burnham was, indoors, right? That one is yeah, yeah, that, that was I'm a whole not, level. I'm not a fan of Bo Burnham, his comedy in general. It's just not my thing. You know, it, it's a little too constructed i don't know i like okay. just yeah i can i could i could see that when i when i approach stand-up it's like i'm your drunk uncle who's got embarrassing <laughs> stories to tell like that's what i love to do right and 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 bo burnham is is his own little quirky thing that he's got going on and i was never a fan of his stand-up 
but that special you had to respect it he like hell yeah yeah i mean and he took he took like this thing that's happening in real time covid have you heard of it um it's like this thing that's like out there and like we're all like what is life anymore right and he and he managed to make that it's a really cool thing that he did and he's got musical abilities and yeah he he did his own thing which is fair you got to respect yeah. that I, I was watching it and i was like i'm so mad i'm not tripping right now and <laughs> it would have been yeah. would have been the perfect uh, uh perfect thing to yeah to trip you could with. fix that by just tripping all the time and then you could never say that <laughs> sentence again Oh, this would be better if I'm tripping. Yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, that's a uh, that's a good way. I don't know how my boss would feel about that, my clients, but yeah. um, I definitely uh, that's that's the the type of life. That's the dream. That's the type of life I would like to live. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but what I was getting at was there was a um, uh, an older uh, stand up who was on um, who was on Rogan's show uh, shortly after Andrew Schultz had put out that special. And the um, the the comedian who was on Rogan hadn't seen the the Schultz special, and Nor Rogan have was, I. I didn't oh. catch it. Oh, uh, you I'm very it. familiar with him. You know, like actually, uh, Andrew Schultz got me bumped on one of my very first professional shows ever. I, I was a, li I was living in Milwaukee. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I've been bumped by some really good comics in my day. Um, but no, check this out. I had flown from, I was living in Milwaukee at the time and I flew to New York City to do a show at Eastville. It was like my first like New York City club gig ever. And, uh, you know, pop in guests. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Like somebody mm -hmm. with some heat under their name will just show up and do do a little bit of time and then and then go. And it's kind of like a little treat to the audience. Well, here I am. I'm like so nervous. I can't wait to get up. I'm like, oh, I got, I got my eight minute set. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it's all ready. And uh, um, Andrew Schultz did a pop in and he ran the light. <laughs> he just, just kept going and going. And every once in a while, the producer would come up to me and he was like, all right, uh, it's not eight anymore. It's six. I'm like, yeah, all right, six. Cool. So then I'm in the back scratching off jokes. Okay, this one's gone. Six this minutes. Gone. Can't wait. Six minutes. Six minutes. I got six minutes. All right, you're down to four. Four. Okay. God damn it. Four. Four. And then eventually, I, yeah, I eventually went up and did like a very, very short set. But yeah. Um, I forgot why I told you that, but no, we're oh, just, uh, I was so, just telling you that I am familiar with Schultz and his crowd work is unbelievable. He's a beast at what he does. And I, yeah, I'm going to watch this special that you just told me about. Yeah, you definitely should. Um, but the uh, so we can use we can use um, uh, Bo Burnham's uh, special then for for the, the, the same question I was going to ask. Okay. Um, the uh, the so the comedian who was on Rogan hadn't seen the, the special. Rogan was explaining, oh, yeah, he it does a bunch of topical things. And and, da, da, da. and the comedian was like, yeah, that sounds cool, but that's not uh, stand up. That's 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 not really what I do. And it right. it came off of the it came off with this pretentiousness. Right? Yes. And I, I again, I forget who it was, but it was someone who could get away with being like that. Yeah. But um. Uh, there, I I can understand where where uh, he was coming from as somebody yeah. who you know you're up there by yourself with the microphone and your words, and I can see them as perceiving something like the low budget show as uh, you know using the, that other media as a crutch. Um, and uh, what would you say to that? 
I would say two things. I totally understand that the art of stand up, like when you first, okay, when I first get a, like a, a weekend gig at a club and I like, I like to show up very, very early and you get to, you can see like the room, it's just dead. The lights are, the lights are down. There's like a ghost light on stage and it's, it's literally just, it's literally just like a, a mic stand with a mic and that's it. And you see that and you realize that you got to stand up there completely naked. It's just you and that microphone and whatever words you can come up with, you know, and it's very powerful. You're like, holy shit, you know, like talk about no net. It's a very powerful Definitely. thing. But also at the same time, it's like you can reinvent this art form. You know what I mean? You can do new stuff. You know, you'll never you'll never um, you'll never be able to break what it is, you know, stand up has like this backbone that it's just what it is, what I kind of just explained. It's just like mm. a, a man telling stories, you know, you know, a person telling jokes and it's what it comes down to. But if you aren't willing to explore other stuff, I mean, it'd still be the hacky 1970s stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, like stand up has gone through like many stages. Uh, it's evolved into like this really like it used to be like really polished up you ever hear those old loungy guys who like yeah. every clearly everything is like fake joke punchline joke punch yeah line. yeah like and then it became yeah it became more personal it became it became more more about talking about yourself and like revealing like vulnerable truths about yourself and then and then that even grew a little bit more you know to where it's just like it's totally a personal thing now where mm -hmm. it didn't start that way it started in like vaudeville with like just like fictional scenarios and like <laughs> almost like skits <laughs> yeah basically so maybe it's on its way back maybe um yeah but no i i get the i get that point yeah there's nothing like there's nothing like a, a bill burr special where he just like walks out with the microphone's just like sitting there and he grabs it and he talks for an hour destroys it puts it back in the mic stand and walks away that's great there's also um sam talent has a, a new special where he, he goes from venue to venue to venue to venue like on this road tour and he's you know i mean that's cool to watch too you know yeah I, mean, I think uh i think pete davidson did a special like that where or again i i, I get people chris rock has chris rock has one where he's in europe and he and he it's basically the same jokes over and over but he cuts different like from different shows right yeah yeah he cuts yeah. from show to show Very to cool. show to show you how he delivers it a little bit different each time which is also the case you know you can't you also when you're up there and you're telling jokes and one night these jokes work perfectly every time and then the next night you're telling the same jokes and you're not getting quite the same reaction that you're used to you gotta you gotta change it up a little bit you know sometimes you gotta like slow it down sometimes they want to hear more vulgar stuff i mean some I, i've been in rooms where i did a i did a show in kentucky and i'm not calling kentucky dumb but they are <laughs> and um i like i have some I, I write like smart dirty you know what i mean like i, I write something where you yeah. have to have read a book once or twice you know Absolutely. and 100 percent Right. And so I was like, oh, man, let me dial down my intelligence a little bit. I was like, I was like, by the end, I was like, queefs. Right. You know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> I'm lighting farts on fire by the end of this show. I'm like, whatever, man, <laughs> whatever it takes. Whatever to gets the laughs. 
Yeah. And, that's, uh, an, that's an interesting point about, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a comedy nerd, but I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm one rung below that. I mean, I, yeah. I, uh, especially in, you know, uh, uh, branching out from the Rogan circle, just because of, uh, you know, the, the crossover of podcasting and comedy. So the closer uh, somebody is to Rogan, the, the more uh, familiar I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, like I saw Burt Kreischer before, uh, sure. a, a couple months before the, uh, that end of the world uh, election podcast. Yeah. Uh, at the stress factory in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. That was, that was pretty cool. That was right before he blew up. Um, and I actually just took my dad to see uh, Bill Burr in AC for his, uh, his birthday last month. That's very cool. Um, but it, you know, they, all of the, all the time, they'll talk about how, uh, you know, the, you know, working your set and, and uh, specifically leading up to a special and how, uh, you know, you're workshopping and, and what, or what can can you speak to what types of things like let's say you have a joke that is xyz and it it it, it landed uh you know yesterday and then today it didn't land how do you take what did leave it what do you got a got an amazon guy coming up that the landscapers are in the back um fuck, what was I saying? um leading up to a special oh so working yeah. on material so some nights it, it lands sometimes it doesn't land yeah so very... when it doesn't land what what is it that goes on in your mind that lets you know how to change uh change it for the next night specifically if the next night is in a different uh, uh a different place um i mean a lot of that stuff is just intuitive in the moment stuff that you you're making these like micro adjustments like subconsciously on stage. And um, but I mean, honestly, like, so here's the thing that I do when I'm bombing a joke that has let's just for all intents and purposes, uh, say it has 15 words. 15 words and then a punchline, right? All of a sudden I'm bombing and I'm, I'm starting to get scared that this joke isn't going to hit. For some reason, I start adding words into the setup that aren't even there. So all of a sudden, 15 words becomes 30 words. And then it, it's like this down, downward spiral, right? And um, so uh, some advice that wasn't given to me directly, but third hand from, uh, from, uh, Shit. Richie May, right? Is did I say his name right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he he said slow down, just slow the whole room, just slow it down, let them know you're in charge. You know what I mean? Because if you're trying to like bulldoze it and you're and you're speaking too fast, and I do this thing too, where I'll, I'll fumble, I'll fumble words, I start speaking like too fast, or like so. Say I want to say the word think i'll say like think or like and I'm, like, oh, yeah, sh- yeah. I'm getting all mumbly and weird and it's like there's just like these these things and it's it's muscle memory too it's like i've been i've bombed a million times i can bomb again it's not mm-hmm. gonna kill me so the only thing that's gonna kill me is to like react to it badly you know um so it sounds more like a, a case-by-case thing. And then it is, in, it is, in, but you can make some conscious choices. Like I did in that room in Kentucky where I was eating it. I would just, they just were not going for the smart stuff. So in my brain, and this is something I don't think people who don't perform stand-up 
understand. You have like two minds simultaneously working. One knows the joke by heart. And it's just like, it's saying it. And at the exact same time, you're analyzing everything that's happening, right? And these two things are happening simultaneously. You, there's a voice in your head going, you got to sh- cut this short. All the meanwhile, your lips are moving mm-hmm. and the, the right words are coming out. And so sometimes you're like, okay, they're not feeling drug stuff. Let's not do, let's not keep down, going down mm-hmm. this line. We got to hit eject, you know? And so in the beginning, I used to write long story jokes, right? I used to be a, a storyteller. And, and if, 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 if they, so say I have this story joke that it's this long. I don't know. This is all audio, right? Or people going to no, see no, that? yeah, we're on video. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So, say I got a joke that's this long, and it really, really, it's all hinged on like this final thing I'm going to say. Um, you got to go back and and get into other punchlines so that if they're just not feeling it, you can't go on for four more minutes. And gotcha. Got to have eject points. So that's that's a thing that you do. You write a story, and you got to keep punching it up. Find every. If I could find a notebook, give me a second. I was going to say, it sounds, it sounds very similar to I when this. I talk to authors about uh, editing, uh, editing their work. And yeah. real quick, if you didn't catch any of that, that's a perfect reason not to just uh, listen to the audio podcast, but come check us out on YouTube. Yeah, check us out on YouTube. Um, so when I write a joke, I don't have a notebook too cl- close enough, but what I do is I write it. And when I know I'm going to get a laugh, when I know I'm going to get a laugh, I, I make this really dark arrow, right? And then I write more words and then the punchline and I make another dark arrow so that I could just take it any, I could open up any page in my notebook, mm. flip like this, hold it out, like as far as I can hold it out. I don't even have to know what joke it is. And I know how funny that is. And yeah. then I also know where I need to put punchlines. I know where I got to tighten it up and and make it funnier. And this is what you're talking about when you're developing a new hour, which, oh, what do you know? I happen to be doing that. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Very nice. So here's my, here's my debut album, right? It's called Champagne and Love. It came out in 2016. Um, I did this. This is the first seven years of my stand-up. 52 minutes long, 53, whatever. It was supposed to be an hour. Some stuff had to get cut. You know what I mean? Um, but leading up to that, I had this cork board. Every joke, it... it Every joke was written individually on like a, a post-it note and I moved it around until it made like a nice smooth little story art. And I was like, awesome. So then I'm in that same position again. I'm like, what are the strongest bits I have? What fits together really well? And what tells like basically a whole story? You know what I mean? What starts really strong, fast jokes at the beginning, da 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 get them on my side, then start moving into slower story jokes and and the whole while you're performing these bits every night and you're like this really i'm in love with this but people just don't get it the way i want them to and it's back to the drawing board or dump it and that's all there is to it you can't be up there doing stuff just because you're in love with it you just can't um and gatsby does <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god i don't want to get i don't want to get on here and start bashing but um i, I will though i mean come on i mean oh man so um, that's it that's it, it it's actually um there there's two things that uh you know my my uh first question about you know the uh the different types of media uh media or medium versus uh, uh you know versus the stand-up yeah that that aspect 
reminds me of something because I'm, I'm a musician as well. Um, and there, when I was younger, uh, you know, being into like metal and stuff, it was always like, you know, the more complex, the, the better it is. And any music that was like pop music or country music, oh, that's so simple. I could do that. That's not, and yeah, yeah. I learned to be able to appreciate two different types of, of art in, in that context. And there is, you know, the art that, uh, you know, goes so far outside the lines and, and, and still works, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then you have the type, of, the type of art that sticks right within those lines. And- Landscapers, man. That's why I'm glad I don't have a lawn, you know? I'm not glad, but come on, go lay down. <laughs> I was gonna just kind of try to leave it, but he's he's right there. Morty, come on here. Look, there you go. Come, there you go. Um, so there there is uh, that type of art right. where it goes so far outside the lines that it's like, wow, how did you even conceive of this? Um, right. And then the other type is where you uh, pick a, a genre of, uh, again, we're talking about music, and it's uh, uh, some genres are a lot more uh, rigid than others. And being able to, to create something that lives within those boundaries and is still fresh and, and new and exciting or, or uh, you know, whatever it is, is its own uh, type of thing. And so right. that, that completely changed my thinking on on uh, writing music in, in, in general, because I was just trying to write the hardest possible thing you could play and the most complex thing. And it allowed me to take a step back and realize that that's, while it's cool that you can play well and you can do these things and you can think of these things, that's not the goal here. The goal here is to make a good song. And right. that, that isn't necessarily- yeah. the- Exactly. And you're saying that, so really there is no lines right i mean sure it make it might make it difficult for critics but fuck critics you know what i mean yeah. fuck yeah. rules fuck critics fuck ignoring an entire genre because it's not your thing i mean there's some stuff in there that you can look at and learn from or at least appreciate and be like oh you know that's cool um there's a there's a rapper yellow wolf and are you familiar with yellow wolf yeah yeah, like he okay. So all of a sudden, this, tour like ten years this ago, this dude's like now singing full-on country songs. He doesn't really? really, yeah. Like all of his new stuff is like singing and like and like, but the very next track he be a is rapper, like, right? Well, he still is. The very oh, next okay. track will be like straight hard, and you're like, what? <laughs> it's like how do you? And he just doesn't. He doesn't subscribe to the fact that you have to do Mm. something a certain way because it's been done like that before, which kind of goes back to the Joe Rogan thing and the comedian, you can't remember his name, who was bullshit. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, there is like, but there, I don't believe that you can't reinvent. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely can. Um, Clearly, yeah. I mean, definitely what- There is a core. There is a core like soul to it. You know what I mean? As long as you're not like, I mean, it, it, there is like this, you know, I'm not a religious man, but I believe that stand up is the ultimate fucking thing in the whole world. And it's, it's sacred. And as long as you don't break whatever that purity is, which I cannot define, mm-hmm. I feel like 
go for yours. You know what I mean? Like if you're up there taking your clothes off and telling jokes to kind of feel like, eh, maybe you're missing the point here. But, um, you know, maybe if you're up there killing a, a child on stage, probably not. Maybe, maybe don't do that. But everything else is, everything else is up for game. You know, yeah. everything else is on the table. And um, I don't even, I don't even think I'm that good. I just, I just, I, I mean, I am, I mean, objectively fucking hilarious, (laughs) but I don't think I am because it's too close to me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, ah, that's mine. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I I love it when I first create it and then I'm like, I hate you. You know what I mean? I'm I'm like my dad. I'm like, oh, I made this. Get it away from me. That's the only I didn't catch that at first, but that's, uh, that's, I think that is just the nature of, of being good at something is that if you're satisfied with it, then you're not going to push yourself. And so, you know, the, the same thing, like, uh, you know, goes for the podcasting goes for, uh, you know, uh, really anything that you do. I think it's going to be, um, every single day, every single day on the spectrum, I go from, I don't deserve to be going up at open mics to where the fuck is my HBO special? (laughs) You stupid shitty gatekeepers who haven't recognized my genius. And I bounce back and forth in between this self-worth all day long, every second of every day, I deserve it all. I just, I should go kill myself in the bathroom. I mean, this is, this is, this is what I'll, I'll do it now. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, uh i didn't even set that up that just happened to be sitting there because it's for it's for a low budget show sketch um and uh yeah so yeah i don't know no yeah there's definitely a piece of of anybody who uh you know creates things that has to have that aversion to their own creation in order to want to to get better and want to let me go back to this let me go back to this the guy who was like the guy on Rogan who was like, that's not standup. You know what I mean? Uh, he, you got to be aware that the being hack is, is akin to like being like the worst thing in the world. Doing something that you've already heard somebody else do, it's, it's the biggest sin. It is the biggest sin to be hacky. If someone can guess your stuff, if you're not original, it is the biggest sin in comedy. So you have to keep trying to do something different. You know what I mean? You can write about the, you could write about Tinder all day long. You know how many Tinder jokes I've heard in my life? I, I mean, swear to God. I mean, if I don't, if I don't kill myself someday while someone's on stage telling a really predictable joke, then I, I then I'm not, then I, I, I have no idea. How You're probably live a long time then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But my point was, you have to keep reinventing it. You have to find new stuff to talk about, or at least if you do go for like, like a, like a, a subject matter that's been done a million times, you have to find a place that no one's ever taken it. And the only way to do that is to reinvent it. And the only way to reinvent it is to take chances. And when you take chances, a lot of people aren't going to come along for the ride. So maybe one out of a thousand tries you'll hit, you know, and that's, that's why I need, right. Right. And that's why I was going to bring this up earlier when you're talking about being a musician and stuff. The cool thing about being a musician is you get to practice at home and get really good before you do it publicly. Mm -hmm. But with comedy, you have to fall on your face in front of people from the very beginning. 
there's people who come up to me who are like, Dame, I want I want to do stand up. I've been I've been writing for months at home. And I'm like, then do it. You can't wait till you're good because you can't get good till you do it. Right. You know, it's like this. Anyway, I'm all jacked up on like antihistamines and coffee. So if <laughs> I don't make any sense, that could no, be you're it. making perfect sense. You're making perfect sense. <laughs> And um, I, I was just there was, a, um, you know, something else you were you were uh, we, we were talking about, you know, when I asked you how you, um, you know, make those adjustments, it, you know, your your answer is um, very reminiscent of, uh, you know, what I do for work. I'm a, a private dog trainer. And oh, cool. uh, thanks. And, uh, you know, the 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 whole thing of it is really that every dog is so different that I don't necessarily have a curriculum. I just, I'm going to come in, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll evaluate what you've got going on here, what we're working with. And the, the training package is going to be based on you and your dog and your situation and how much time you have and all, all of this stuff. And then even within that, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, you know, basic, like, you know, you obviously you want the dog to learn sit and stay uh, and, and stuff like that. But the, the overall goal being obedience is, uh, you know, the, the way that you're going to get there with each dog is going to be slightly different. And there isn't necessarily um, something that you could, you could put a pin on, oh, if this happens, then do that. And if this right. happens, then do that. It's more yeah. of, you know, with the experience. It's too organic, right? It's too organic and, and, and living right. and breathing, right? Yeah. And it's like, a yeah, it's. I get that. Hey, I got a dog who doesn't act well. Do you think, is she too old? She's like seven. Is she too Never old? Never too to old. What's, what, what's she doing? Oh, she's, well, she's just like, she's stubborn. And I mean, I love her, but she doesn't, she's, she's more like a cat in that way that like, she's like, yo, back up a little bit. And, you know, I would love for, I don't know. Maybe she's just a bitch. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. she is a bitch. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, it, the 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 whole thing with with dogs is really that it's just uh, uh, patterns, and so the the um, the 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 difference in what you're doing from from one dog to another is how are you uh, getting the message across the way that is going to be most effective. And, and, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's the, the parallel that I drew, uh, between, between, you know, that I, I, I had no concept of when I asked, obviously that's why I asked how, how does, you know, what are you seeing up there when you're like, okay, this isn't working. So the next time I'm going to do this, I'm going to put these words there. How are you making that decision? And I guess it's, it's, it really is just a case by case and you, it's something, it's a, it's a muscle that you develop. And, yeah. uh, and you learn how to do. Yeah. So, and that's why there's no, there's really no replacement for experience. You just have mm-hmm. to have done it before and then you can feel it. And you always, you don't always climb out of that hole. You know, sometimes you're just like, damn it. I, I, these jokes work. I know they work. And uh, the energy in the wheat in the room is gets weird some nights and and some nights it's very some nights it's so easy that you're like oh my god some nights you can be in this killing zone where you can just make like a face and they lose their mind mm-hmm. you know what i mean and who knows how many variables have to fall into the exact right place for that to happen but i've been there and the goal is always to go back and so yeah i don't know I don't, I can't just come up with like, oh shit, I'm bombing. Let me, let me now do this thing. Yeah. 
because yeah. that thing is always different and i quite honestly do not know what it is but i have i have dug show i've dug whole shows out of the out of the ground where like people were just like eating dog shit one after the other and i'm like i'm gonna go in my brain i'm like i'm gonna go up there and change this which is that's a very like the bill the uh the bill burr and philly uh uh um, yeah oh brand. god that's like one of my favorite things Epic. he was like because he just knew there was no winning so let me just and somehow whatever he did he there was yeah. just like this magical thing you know and he's a genius they just wanted to be hit they just wanted to be beaten you know and that's billy for you yeah <laughs> and that, that yeah that's a very special clip i'm i, I love watching that every once in a while there's a so, few things so how long have you been uh doing stand-up like when I was the first a, i got into stand-up 12 years ago i actually okay september of 2009 um and uh i got a good story but uh sometimes it makes me cry and i'm not going to do that today but let me so let me bullet point through the part that sometimes makes me cry i have um um i had a friend right no let me start here for some reason and i'm not like a comedy nerd either and to this day the reason i don't maybe don't have a lot of knowledge about certain comics or their specials is because I purposely do not watch a lot of comedy. Um, I, I purposely don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't want to be influenced, influenced too yeah. much. I loved, I love the process of creating my own thing. And, uh, you know, I hear a lot of comics say that. Yeah. I mean, the, or like even they won't watch, you know, somebody who like when they're in the room, they'll 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 go to the green room. Yeah. They don't even want to watch uh, other like their friends sets just because they don't want any overlap. And then, you know, two in the morning, yeah. you think this idea strikes and it's like, dude, I wrote that last week. I, yeah. You heard me just tell that I've yeah. had people <laughs> I've had people do my jokes in front of me. It's it's horrible. Um, so uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I don't know. I just started lying to this girl. I told her I was doing stand-up. I wasn't. I, I don't know why I thought that was impressive. I mean, I guess I've always had respect. I, you know, I've, I've seen some Martin Lawrence stuff like way back and I fell in love with it. And, and, you know, I had a, I had a Richard Pryor LP like on vinyl. Um, so sorry to interrupt your podcast experience. I just want to remind you, if you're enjoying what you're watching, please hit the like button and subscribe for more content. And if you really love it, there's some support links in the description. I would love if you could help out the channel and back to the show. And I can't even say the name of that uh, track anymore. No. Uh, yeah. I used to tell people what it was called. I don't do that anymore. Um, and yeah, Please don't uh, so for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told this girl I was doing stand-up and I wasn't. I wasn't even planning on doing it. And then then that like kind of got my my wheels turning i was like maybe i will do stand up someday and then i had a friend get murdered and um uh she was like the funniest person i've ever met in my whole life you know Sorry, you're there. and uh and i flew home to go to her funeral this is it man my lose it and uh i went to her funeral and i just had this moment i was like fuck life is short what's the worst thing about doing stand-up people won't laugh or it's scary or who gives a shit dude you get one spin you get one spin and then it's over like what are you waiting for right you're gonna wait till it's all blackness you know what I mean? and uh i flew back to milwaukee where i was living at the time and two weeks later i signed up for an open mic and 
I got hooked. I've been doing it ever since. And yeah. And well, that's food. a much better way to put uh, uh, to deal with your grief than I did, because I, I had a, I, I lost a friend in uh, 2013 to a motorcycle accident and uh, I just got into drugs. So oh, I, damn, I, I think I, uh, I think sorry. you're uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I think your your route uh, was probably a bit more uh, a bit more productive. Yeah, yeah. I I also deal with uh, well, not really drugs per se, but I, I'm I'm about to be two years sober from alcohol. Oh, congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I, so I, I've dealt with the demons and I'm guessing you're like your drug. You got it under control or yeah, I mean, on I, that? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't use anymore. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I, I smoke weed a lot. I'll drink yeah. here and there. That was, I was, I was into uh, like pills and, and stuff. And then um, that week when my friend died, I did. Uh, I did try heroin a couple uh, a couple okay. times. Just just snorted yeah. it and didn't inject it. But I was uh, I was just like, whoa, this is this is way too real. I'm not, I'm too much of a pussy to get into this world. It's not even that. You know, this doesn't make me feel good. I just I'm scared of this. Um, yeah, yeah. And you should and, be. I just lost a friend last week to it. Um, yeah, a comic I knew. And uh, yeah, those so demons are real. Those demons. The demons are real. Are real. So, yeah. So and, congrats. Cheers to you for, for, uh, your oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, man. It wasn't easy. And the cool thing that happened to me after I started stand up, and in the early days, my stuff was garbage. Like I, I couldn't listen to myself now. It, like I couldn't listen to the, I do have them, but these early recordings, I, I, I couldn't not stomach myself. So what happens when you write a lot? about standup it's introspective right you you're learning about yourself as you're doing it you're learning like what you love what you hate what bothers you what doesn't bother you you start coming up with like you know you analyze the, the world that's basically what you're, you're doing and um i mean it's really just a journey of self-discovery of like who you are like what what it, what you're made of like what what moral line you have what mm -hmm. what other you know and then and through that like man i've i've never felt more confident in who i am i i'll walk away from a job like this because i'm fucking free you know what i mean I, mm -hmm. if something if i don't like Absolutely. something i tell people off all the time I'm not scared to get punched in the face um <laughs> anything you know what i mean it's just like I'm very comfortable in who I am. That's why in the low budget show, I'm very open. That's why we, at the beginning of this, ask me anything. I'll talk about it. I'm not scared of the life I've lived, who I am now, or what I plan to do. Um, I think, I think some people think that it's kind of crazy to do this or, or like I'm doing this for fame or something, or like I'm, I'm delusional about what what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, 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 like people look down. I mean, on it would you be like, nice, but that's not be what, nice, right? That's but not what you're. Here I have for, a friend right? who is getting famous as we speak, and I was talking to her, feeling bummed out because I should have had a TV credit by now. I really believe that, and um, you know, she's she's getting she's getting famous. Uh, she was on Joe Rogan recently, and. Um, she was telling me, you know, she was like, it's like, it's like you're playing Russian roulette. You just 
eventually that bullet's going to hit. You just got to keep doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And I was like, yeah, you know, cause it's like, if I've never, if I never make another dollar ever, if I never make one more dollar doing comedy, I'm still going to do it till I can't do it anymore. You know? And, uh, I forgot why I went on that rant, but well, I, w- I was this just is, interested in how you got started. And yeah. Um, oh, and it's like, it's also like, it's now I can't, it's, I can't take it away from myself mm-hmm. now. It's mm-hmm. like, it's part of me. It's like, it's like the venom suit. Like it's in yeah. me. Stand up is who I am. It's like, I, who I am on stage is not that different than who I am off stage. I, I stopped a long time ago, maybe one or two years in, I stopped making up fictional shit. Like I talk about my life. I talk about terrible stuff that I did. I talk about, uh, you know, I live it. I, this is, this is it. If you, Real life is crazy enough, right? I yeah. Mean. Yeah. There's certain guys who are like super like, like uh, Jesselnik, right? Super funny. All of it's fiction. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's a great joke, but like in one, in one joke, you're married and the very next joke, you have a dead wife. You have kids in this joke. You're single in this joke with no kids. It's like, who the fuck are you chief? You know what I mean? It's like, I live it. I fucking, I go up on stage, talk about my life and come down and I live that life. And when something happens to me, good or bad, you're going to hear about it. Even if it makes me like look like a really awful person. Um, I'll talk about that and analyze what I did wrong and how I feel now. And man, and so I, when, feel, I feel like I'm on a fucking soapbox, dude. <laughs> Can't well, wait to talk about this on the low budget show about how I got on your podcast and started talking about how great of a man I was. Get the fuck, you know? <laughs> no, I'm wearing, I mean, I'm wearing underwear from the Salvation <laughs> Army right now. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not like, like I said, I don't even like my own stuff, but, but I should be on TV. Yeah. No, I definitely um, think that I think that's a healthy way to, to view yourself. I think, uh, again, going back to what we were saying before about having a healthy aversion to your own creations. If you thought you really did suck full stop, then you probably wouldn't keep doing it. You know? You, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you would, I don't know. Maybe. But, no, I've seen some people do it way too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but going on well then they 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 just delusionally think they're, they're really that, yeah. yeah i ask my girlfriend that all the time like am i am i delusional do i think i'm better than i am and she's like no you're a god you know and then she'll kill like a goat in front of me i'm like this has got this is out of control here um <laughs> when when you i i totally i totally get when that's all right i got a dog she just doesn't part when you say that it uh, is like a part of you um, and, and the way that that uh, resonates with me is that, um, you know, the whole podcasting thing, but I used to have an old podcast, which was just a, basically a Joe Rogan wannabe podcast. And right. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that if you're going to just put out conversations that aren't necessarily about anything that are two hours long, um, you kind of have to already be Joe Rogan for anybody to care. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, and again, we did like 30, 30 or so episodes before my co-host and I, um, you know, uh, uh, parted ways and he, he's doing his own thing. Um, but having that outlet and being able to not just, uh, you know, talk about things, but 
actually, you know, not actually just the 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 process of of working those things out, but physically having the conversation, a face to face conversation with someone, is it was just something that I realized people don't really do that much. And yeah. uh, when that uh, when that podcast ended, it really it left a big hole. And I think that uh, you know anybody who who knows me on social media? I was, I'm, I'm always, I've always been very opinionated, but I think there, I, I, I'm only. I'm only thinking about it uh, uh, just now, but there, there has to be a huge correlation between how uh, uh, opinionated and, and spicy I got on social media from the time that that podcast podcast ended until the the time this one began. And again, this one, uh, you know, this podcast is 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 not really so much about me, um, right. uh, but it is an opportunity to to have those discussions, and so it's a, it right. is a great outlet in that way. Yeah. Um, well, and it, if you're like you know exposing yourself to all these different authors with different like points of view and stuff, like through that, like you're learning from them, you're you're you have to ask yourself how does that make you feel, or like what does that, you know, and then yeah, you're. I mean, you're growing and you're learning and you're you're in, a, in the conversations with smart people, not me, but like when you talk to authors and stuff like that, I mean, I, I'm still studying for my GED. I might get it soon. And um, so that's a lie. I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, um, I mean, I got a no, college degree I and I, I think I don't, I, uh, you know. No, but I- One I of my best it. friends didn't, I don't think he finished high school and he's one of the smartest dudes I know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Credits don't matter. Credits are, are just, they look good on paper. Um, but yeah, like when you, by podcasting, you're like, I mean, you're, you're in these like conversations with people and like, it's a give and take and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, grow, it's yeah, growing and it's fun. Yeah, it's just, and, and it's a, it's, it's a skill that, you know, you, we, we used to just have because we used to just talk to people and now, you know, of course, social media, da, 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 da. Um, you know, it's just, a, it's just a different ball game and yeah. um, ha having, whether it, you know, whatever it is, whether it's music, whether it's podcasting, uh, whether it's not content creation at all, but it's something different. Having, uh, having that outlet for yourself is, uh, is, is, it's huge. And I, I see a lot of people who don't have that. And because it's becoming, I guess, so much more uh, common not to have your thing then I find that people are like, you know, uh, weird, uh, not weirded out, but they're, they're just, they're removed from the, the concept of you being into something and you caring about uh, uh, something. And it, it's like, you know, uh, trying to get people to watch this podcast from, from uh, like my friends on Facebook, like yeah. nobody, nobody's watching it because none of, and if any of them had a podcast, of course I would want to see what they were doing. But right. that, that's the difference is that that's why I'm the one that has the podcast and they don't. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's just, uh, it's just about, you know, when you find something that, that clicks and it works for you, just, just, just go with it. And then if yeah. you, if you know how to, to, uh, uh, to think about it in, in a, in a longer term, uh, mindset, then, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to become your job and, and, and your living, but you can definitely turn it into something that at least is a hobby that pays for itself. Right. And um, that, I mean, that's, you're, 
you're telling me about myself right now because the low budget show i'm trying to grow it i i do exactly i mean i my interviews are like i mean i've had some awesome awesome interviews and it's like yeah it's so hard to sell it though you know what i mean it's like it's like come subscribe to this shit you know what i mean i mean no matter if my friends do anything i'll support it you know what i mean if if my friends uh make weird clothes i'm gonna buy the i guess i guess guess i'm gonna start wearing those weird clothes you know what i mean it's like whatever i mean i'm gonna support my friends the best i possibly can and um so i have this i have this show the low budget show i interview people i love it I'm going to keep doing it forever. Even if I've never get past the level that it's at, I will do it. I, I, I love it. And, um, damn it. I lost my point. I lost my point. Yeah. You're saying you'll still do it. Even if you don't. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar to stand up in, in that, in that way. I mean, I'd, I'd love for it to catch on, but here's the beauty of it. The few hardcore fans that I have, they fucking follow me to the end of the earth. You know what I mean? Like, dude, People I don't know send me messages all the time and keep in touch with me. And it's like, so I was just, uh, I just headlined in the Milwaukee Comedy Fest a couple of weeks ago. People mm -hmm. that I don't know in real life from just from the low budget show, having watched the low budget show, came out to watch me do stand up. And I mean, that's, I mean, to see, to see it in practice, to yeah. see it in practice, you know, through these little dumb little sketches that I do to actually having people drive from like drive an hour in from Chicago to buy a ticket to see me do stand up that's amazing dude yeah. that means that means it resonates in it and i'm going to keep I, I'll keep doing it i think the i think the reason that you know you 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 get people like that cuz same thing with the the uh the all really podcast the old podcast i had um, yeah. there, there was a handful of people who, who loved it and, uh, you know, watch every episode and they would inter engage with it. And I think it's because, you know, of that idea that I, like, I'm not going to try to do anything, but what I, what I want to do, what I think is yeah. going to be good because right. I know what I can do well. And I know what I, what I want to see. And so as close to that, as I can create other people should like it too. And maybe not everybody. Right. But no, there but, will be, there but will you'll be have your army, your people who really get you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's like if you can collect the 10,000 people who like get you inside and out, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay. So say I'm doing a, 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 say I'm doing a show and I'm, and I'm doing jokes and I'm talking about this or that. And some old lady stands up puts her bag on her shoulder and leaves. I'm like, I'm not even mad. You know, the I owner mean, gets mad because he lost two. Yeah, he lost two drink sales. But I'm like, cool, this audience just got so much better. Mm -hmm. This show just got better by her leaving. You guys don't understand that. I'm not failing. I'm actually I'm just narrowing in like we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? We're going on this ride. It's not for her. Not all art is for all people. And that is a huge mistake that people want. People want to like like uh, you know what i mean fine get offended but then just don't just don't this isn't this isn't you you're in the you're in the long wrong class you know what i mean this yeah, is for yeah. us we're having a good time with it and it's it's going to be way more magical you know what i mean not don't succumb to like the pressures of people are like it has to be like this you know what i mean mm -hmm. you can't you can't please everybody and the people who try have the most watered down yep. bullshit in the world
And so that, I mean, that's a, that's a natural segue into the whole uh, conversation about, uh, you know, cancel culture and, and what you can't say. And, um, you know, I, I think the comedians, uh, specifically st- uh, stand-up uh, yeah. comedians have uh, been al- always, you know, you know, pr- going back to yeah. Pryor and, and, and uh, Carlin with the, the uh, seven dirty words you can't say on TV and, and, sure. and stuff like that. The, and, and now, I mean, I, uh, have you, uh, seen, uh, Chappelle's latest special? Yeah. That's, yeah, I absolutely that, have. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, again, we, you know, he is, uh, in, he's in his own category and, and, you know, yeah. I, I heard, I actually, I, I meant to do a, uh, um, a video with, uh, with somebody who I did a podcast with who was, uh, like 21 years old and, um, I, I want I wanted them to watch it and have a conversation about what they thought of it because mm-hmm. I knew that somebody that young who wasn't around for the Chappelle show days and and didn't see the progression of Chappelle getting to where he can be the guy who isn't really telling jokes. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. In his storytelling. He's not he, telling jokes. He's telling his story and he's making it funny, but he can get away with it because that's his uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's um, a, there's some stuff about Dave that uh, when he when he like let me let me let me preface it by saying Dave is a fucking master and a beast and you know even just like even like a shaving of his talent mm-hmm. w- you know I would I would book that you know what I mean and uh, um but he get there there's these moments where he slows down and his voice gets a little deeper and he's talking like from this throne of like authority that bugs me it really i fucking i can't it's that's not for me how do you there's okay did you see his special it wasn't even a special it was like a it was a clip from a show that he did where he was telling people to stop watching the Chappelle show he was telling people because okay comedy central i guess he had a bad deal with comedy central and when he walked away from that show he you know the made i don't know what it did to his contract but he he wasn't getting paid for the Chappelle show anymore and and the big companies like viacom and 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 the streaming services that were starting to stream Chappelle show were making money and he wasn't making a dime off of it right and so he has this clip out it's about 15 minutes at the end of a show that he did where he is telling people to not watch the Chappelle show and he's talking about that them owning him and and things like that and it's really just it's really just a preaching is what it is and also this is a show that these people probably paid hundreds of dollars to go to and you're com- and you're a multimillionaire complaining about money to people who f- probably w- went into debt to come see you. You, you're. I mean, whew, talk about fucking tone deaf, dude. Like, I. So I was believe- this? But was this? At, because now, if you're gonna go pay to see Dave Chappelle, you should know that's what you're you're paying for. But you know, I, I I mean I didn't I didn't yeah, follow his I, I, career too closely, but there there definitely must have been at some point 
when he uh, this was pretty uh, recent this was pretty recent so yeah and- i mean i would say you know again with the whole uh whether it's uh bo, bo burnham or or Jesselnick or hannah gatsby you know the the 15 you know- minutes without a punchline where he's complaining to poor people about not no, getting money you. for the Chappelle show with that said he is a monster he is he's very funny his new special is it's it's funny it's a little too aggressive towards a certain group of people i think um i don't i don't think it's off limits but i I felt like it was a little intentionally trying to shake something up but it's funny um and i and i love him and i don't know he i don't look i don't know what to really say about it I mean, yeah, he's I really definitely don't... in a different um, realm than he, he than he used to be. You know, he was yeah. a, very strict. Uh, uh, you know, just a comedian, and now uh, it's it's yeah. It's now he's like different. a yeah. Now he's more like a shaman, like a like like a yeah. cult leader almost, right? Yeah. And like, I don't want to ride that. I don't want to ride that boat with him. But I still think he's a, a master at what he does. He's. I mean, I, no I think that's well really put. Yeah, I think that's well put because I I really uh, appreciate um, you know all, all of uh, you know everything he's he's done since Sticks and Stones. Yeah. Um, you know even the the uh, the eight forty six uh, special that he did about sure. uh, George Floyd. Um, you know even if uh, that that came out at a time where per- the perception of things was different than um, you know what we know now. Yeah. The I, I can I can respect him and 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 what he does and still not like he's I would never say he's the funniest person to that that uh, or the funniest comedian like if you were to ask me who do I think is the funniest who do I think is it, it, uh, makes me laugh the most I I wouldn't say Chappelle but again like you're saying that's not that's not a dig right. I, he he, he uh, purposely uh, uh, does that differently yeah yeah um, yeah he's he's definitely his tone has changed a, a lot it's yeah. Yeah, someone, or maybe I read something where they they were comparing it more to like rallies, like political rallies, yeah. than yeah. than a stand up special. Yeah, like and a TED talk. Yeah, it's a little too yeah, it's, it's a little too preachy for me. It is, and um, it's a li- but he's he is a master at what he does, and I do find it funny, and I don't think anything is off limits. I thought it was aggressively aimed at the LGBTQ community and that that's kind of not like i mean it is it is what it is i mean it was too aggressive to to just single someone out and go at them by writing an entire hour about it but i mean i personally i think it was justified i i I think uh you know whether he uh you know whether the opinions that he expressed are opinions that I personally hold, I think I could see his, uh, his perspective and the, the idea, the idea that, um, a, that a black person talking about a trans person is automatically punching down, uh, and, and, you know, uh, and, you know, backing it up with the Daphne story. I think, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I can appreciate it. Um, but I don't don't get it too bogged down into, uh, uh, Chappelle himself. Um, just, you know, he's, he's the latest one in the, uh, in, in the spotlight of the, yeah. uh, the problem, culture. the problem is people can't comedy shouldn't be shaping society. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like, because you're talking about Jesus. I mean, yeah, you can't certain 
certain comics handle heavy subjects. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, well, I don't that's think anybody should. I don't think anybody should just stand up and be like, "Oh, okay, that guy said this, so let's let's make that a thing." You know what right. I mean? So I'm, uh, that's an interesting uh, statement from a, a, a comedian that comedy shouldn't shape society. I feel like that's that's I mean, that's how it's been for a long time. And again, uh, you know, with the uh, your your Lenny Bruce and your uh, Sam Kinison, yeah, and, uh, your Bill Hicks, uh, again, the, the priors. Yeah, there are the, certain the, guys. Yeah, there are. You know, I I always wonder like what a uh, uh, what a Carlin would have to say about the state of of politics and and, and things like that today and i think you know being uh comics you guys yeah. are very good at take you know uh, uh taking these thoughts that everybody has right. and and articulating them not only articulating them well but but presenting them in an uh a palatable way um yeah. and and so i i i think uh, comedians definitely should shape uh, uh, society okay. a, a little bit more. Maybe not shape society. I just feel but like culture. you're giving too much power and responsibility to a guy who's just, a, you know, commenting and thinking. Well, and I don't think a comedian should shape society. I think comedy <laughs> should should in should have general, a, a, a yeah. role in a, a, a role. A stand-up comedy should definitely have a role. All right. Well, I, I well, wouldn't just, say one person. Just think about who you're talking to, though. My all my jokes talk have like a, a setting right it's stuff that happened to me in a time in a place where people were there i don't generally talk about like i mean i do i have a i have a joke on this album that i keep pushing uh called reverse racism i think it's pretty funny it's about racism but in general i i let i let my jokes originate in an actual setting right this apartment right now i'm talking to you this is what happened this is it becomes funny right and then and then in general you know i talk about general themes through that like those stories sometimes open up a general theme of something that i will comment on but i i, I don't ever i don't ever go into a thing like okay this is wrong i you so your so so your comedy isn't very uh would you say it's not very uh ideological yeah, in general, in general, no, it's 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 not. I mean, are and, there and that, like that's just a, that's just the uh, the are, the byproduct of you just being more introspective. I think so. Yeah. I mean, cool. if you there is an accumulative uh, argument I'm putting out there that life is kind of absurd. Um, certain I, I people define myself have as an absurdist. Certain certain people have their throats on other people. Um, I mean, I grew up, I grew up so poor. My mom's heat is probably still in my name since I was seven. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is the white trash trailer park existence I came from. And I talk about that and, and through like a, and, and, and th like listening to my whole story, like that's kind of what I'm, it's kind of like what I'm dishing out in general is like this, this poor dude scraping by, you know what I mean? Just trying to sidestep responsibilities or the law and stuff like that. And I don't really, I don't really have a call to action. I don't ever be like, go, go vote for Democrats. You know what I mean? I'd, we have to change this. You know, it's just not my, you know what? I, yo, Friday night, 
get yourself a babysitter, fucking come down to the comedy club, buy two overpriced drinks, and I'm going to fucking make you giggle and forget that you work in a factory. That's what it's, that's what my comedy is. Fair enough. If, if the next day you want to fucking topple, you want to kill billionaires, <laughs> I'm cool with that too. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, I, I think the way that this has played out and has brought more, uh, specifically uh, uh, stand-up comedians, has brought more people into the fold and into this conversation is the, the, offense, the offensive nature, and I mean, on yeah. offense, not being- Well, here's offensive. what happens. Uh, they put up all uh, these- uh, Hold on, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, there's the, uh, the, this nature of people on, on, going on offense. And, you know, like I could, uh, somebody could be like, oh, you're a straight white male. What do you have to complain about? Who cares? Right. You know, you have your, your white privilege. And, and then, uh, you know, when, when those types of sentiments start to come into your personal story, it's like, True. you, yeah. you know, you weren't, you weren't the things that you went through. You weren't like, oh, well, it's a good thing. This is, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, white yeah. Because good thing I'm white. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm in jail. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing I'm white. Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. And when it does come into my circle yeah then i will talk about it um it's also yeah but as far as like um offensive material and stuff like that people put up these fake fences you know what i mean like they put up these these boundaries that don't truly exist and then they get weird they get like angry when someone kicks it over you know what i mean it doesn't exist you can talk about anything hurting someone's feelings isn't the worst thing in the world you know what i mean the um i i don't you just really want to be racist bro yeah i i mean i don't though you know i don't <laughs> want to fuck it there's certain things that i think don't ever have to be addressed on on stage like when i when i walk up on stage there's certain things that are fucking this should just be universal truths you know what i mean it's fucking it's wrong to hate somebody just because of how they look it's fucking it's wrong to, to fucking beat women or treat women less than you you know I mean? there's certain things that i don't think deserve to i don't i don't need to waste my time trying to make right. a joke about these things these things are fucking mm. in they're, they're they're as real as fucking oxygen you know what i mean yeah, it's just like absolutely. so so when i watch nine comics in a row all 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 white dudes talking about race relations and shit it's just like i'm just like fucking first of all this isn't doing your, here? <laughs> this isn't yours that last guy said it i mean what are we fucking doing here who who are you you know what i mean i i can't listen to gentrification jokes i can't listen to there's so many just overdone bullshit it's like you're fucking killing me and then that's the guy who ends up on fucking comedy yeah. central because <laughs> no one can think outside the fucking box he looks a certain way or ha you know you got a skull cap on bro great you're in the you're in the just for laughs new faces festival just because you wear that hat fuck you you piece of shit um sorry this is yeah i no, mean please no, okay. Tell yeah, us how you I'll really keep, feel. I will. I will, man. There's certain. I mean, certain subjects don't really have to be analyzed, and and the overanalyzation of certain things make it feel like it's still up for debate when it's not. You know, and it, fucking. I don't. I really don't know. I don't even have. I don't have political stuff. 
I, I dance around race a little bit because, you know, like I said, if it, came, it comes funny. into my circle, <laughs> if it comes into my circle, I'll play with it a little bit. I've dumped some stuff that I wrote early on. Um, I used to I, I used to have a joke that I think was mean. And I'll tell it to you now if you want to hear it. Um, Please. Uh, fuck it. I just I just don't, won't do it anymore. I just don't think it's mm. funny. Um, so I talk about falling off of a bar stool getting drunk and falling off of a bar stool. Right. Yeah, and I go and I go, oh. and it hits while I'm on the floor. It hits me. It was like, how come the chair, right? The one that is the hardest to sit in. Why is this the one we give the drunk people? Right. I feel like, I, f- I feel like bars should be nothing but like beanbag chairs and rounded corners. Right. Cause everything in a bar yeah. is designed to kill you. Right. You know, <laughs> darts and pool sticks and black people. Bars are, <laughs> bars are crazy right and i say it in an ironic way i say it in an oh, ironic man. way because it's like do you could you could you the reason it's funny is because no one could possibly right. really exactly. believe that no one could believe that you're like oh black people are are genetically supposed to kill people you know what i mean and that's why i thought it was funny at the time and then it just seems like it's purposely being mean or maybe not maybe but it's not for me anymore i don't mess with that joke i haven't told that joke probably i can't believe i still could remember it to be honest with you i was like oh. um it's just i don't, I don't it's not that's punching the perp- down but it's, it's yeah, exactly too general that's, it's too it, made that's, up that's the type of thing that um you know is is lost the 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 nuance and the obvious nature that you know you if you really thought that you wouldn't be saying a, this this joke because then right. it wouldn't be funny because then it would just be a thing you're saying right and, yeah yeah and, yeah it's a circular logic yeah so the and and like that's that's why it's funny to me because i understand that and i think that is uh, uh people are so and i mean again this is just such a, a, a tired point anyway but people are just so ready to be offended right that you know it, it for you to, and again, if it's just, you know, for your own personal uh, uh, reasons that you, you, you know, it's just, it, it you know, it's not yeah, it really just something feels that happened. Like... And I, but if it's a matter, it's a point, if it's a matter of, oh, I feel like I can't, I, I want to, but I can't say this anymore because I don't want to offend people. I think right. that, uh, um, you know, is a lot more prevalent in, in just the jokes that we would otherwise hear um, than, than people just growing out of, uh, speaking a certain way and like maybe you know you used to say things were gay and now you don't really say that anymore so you don't say it on stage because that's just not how you talk anymore but right. like that that's one thing but if you have if you have a gay joke and it's funny but you don't use it because you don't want to offend people that is that's not that's not good for for culture in my mind because right. I, no we should be I able do. to to joke about these things i do have gay jokes um <laughs> This I is bet true. you do. I do. <laughs> I do. This is true. I, I actually um, I edited gay porn for a couple years. And I, so I talk about that. And there's no way to talk about that without like talking about being a straight man versus the world that I found myself in. And I got some really funny ones. And, and one is one is kind of right up that same vein as the, is the barstool joke. But it's like, <laughs> well, you know, me. I, I'm, I can't, man. It's, it's, it's <laughs> under construction. It's like, it's like, what, watch oh, so for it in this. It. Yeah, I'm using it. Oh, I wrote it. Cool, and it cool, it's cool, good. Great. Yeah, it's, it's good. And I, and I'm keeping it and, um, and I don't, 
you know, I mean, nothing is too sacred to be joked about. If it if it's too sacred to be joked about, then it's you know not really standing on anything. Right. 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 If something is, is is you can't joke about that, then it's not. Then it's too precious to withstand reality. Right. Oh, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it because that that's all I that's all that you know where you're doing when you're telling jokes is is saying the truth in a funny way, right? I mean, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Or, and, yeah. And it might be the truth, but you know, it ha- you know, when when I say the 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 truth at least in in the context of a joke, it has to be something that that exists as an idea and that people can relate to. So whether it's, you know, the the fact, you know, using the barstool joke, it's it's not th- that the truth of black people being in a bar is dangerous. But right. it's the truth that some that that you know people some people do believe yeah right. yeah and and I I don't know I think that that nuance is 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 just so uh so so lost uh, on people and it's it's such a shame yeah. because there's yeah. a lot of I had uh, a joke it's a, it, it all sometimes it just comes down to buzzwords too like someone's like here's a word and they're like I'm supposed to be offended by that right, right. so right. I had this joke I used to have I used to tell this joke about. Uh, getting this bad haircut at like a cost cutters or something like that. Like, cause it, I mean, it really happened The you know, the lady had it all jiggity jaggedy. And I, and I went to the club that night and I'm just talking and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, what's, you know, what's better than getting a haircut at cost cutters, getting chemotherapy, because at least then it'd be even, you know, that's what I said. And this <laughs> lady huffed and puffed and it's like you all you heard is the word chemotherapy. And in your mind, you took this buzzword and you tied it to this thing that, you know, your own personal feelings about this thing and your own personal feelings about that thing and this thing and that thing. And she tied all these things together to make it feel like I said cancer's funny, which yeah. I did not say. I didn't say it's funny when people die of cancer. I didn't say ha 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 fuck people with cancer cancer. yeah Uh, yeah. she tied all those little things together in her own mind and made me the bad guy for it so for i'm sure you had uh, quote unquote offensive jokes before that one too it's just the one that uh yeah that was that was the one that probably in her life you know hit a chord because it was something about that thing but but maybe i told that barstool joke two two jokes earlier and she laughed and laughed and laughed, you know, and I don't, <laughs> no, I don't that's, know. And that's the, that's the hypocrisy of the, this whole virtue signaling. It's like, if you really like, A, if you really think that's what comedy is, then why are you there? Yeah. You, you clearly don't get it. And then if you're, if you, you know, if you are there as some type of protest that, hey, these, you know, this type of speech is damaging society. So we need to stop it. Then you should be in there, you know, uh, uh, protesting every joke that I mean, has every that, joke that is, is offensive at somebody right somewhere if, or if it's so. only the stuff that is offensive to you that you get mad about then right. like yeah that, you could, there's a disconnect you could probably make a reason everything's offensive you know what i mean like I, I think i even heard someone say this like i was i was walking down the street oh that's offensive to people who who are in wheelchairs you know ableist I, I, yeah 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 I, I i that's not my joke i think i heard a comic talk about that and i it's yeah it's, it's true it's like just stop cherry picking and 
like if it's not for you then go you just made the show better i really believe that yeah, that's Deep a, down a, a really i really like that that uh that line of thinking of of someone leaving the show and um you know thinking about my own uh my own yeah. content um you know there uh there's people that would you know, um, comment on like the first couple of, of things I put out and now I don't see them anymore. And, um, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the, the channel's only been up for, or uh, with this show, it's only been up for, for a couple months. Um, but uh, the, the, the concept of, you know, I want the people who really want to be here to be here. I don't want just, you know, every day, every time I post something on, on uh, Instagram that, ha that has uh, YouTube in it, uh, I get a message for, and, and, and a comment like, oh, we can help you get this many views and this many subscribers. Oh, yeah, me too. It's like, well, I mean, you know, that would be nice, but I, what is that going to do for me? Like just empty bots. I, that's not what I'm doing here. I want yeah. to build a community of people yeah. who are interested in what I have to say and the people that I, I bring on what they have to say. Yeah. And, in the uh, early relaunch, in the early relaunch of the low budget show, I... Uh, I'd say two episodes in, I was like, I'm not getting the response I want. And I, and I did some paid promotion for it. And I did end up with like kind of a lot of views, but no one subscribed, no one stuck around and it was, it was pointless. I was like, a view is just a, a, a empty calorie. You know, I yeah. want, I, you're exactly what you said. I want people who get me to stick around and, and let's party. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't want anything else out of it. I want to, I actually just want to meet people like me and and get to really fucking around, you know. It's and that and that again, going back to you know the the unique nature of uh, what the low budget show is and how it doesn't really fit into uh, a category. It right. allows you uh, to remain not only doing what you want to do, but it it doesn't keep you in one thing. Uh, right. uh, you can, you can change it up and you can, and yeah. because the people are there for you, whatever you have is, yeah. is, you know, they may not love every single, every single moment of every single thing you do, but they're there for it. And they ride with you because yeah. they're your fans. And, and, exactly. and I think that, yeah. that uh, again, that comes back to, you know, be, being authentic and, and not just checking off boxes and not just, you know, going through the motions. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, I mean, you watch so many, you ever watch a, a show or like uh, i guess what i was trying to get at right there is just like you're like you know say you watch saturday night live or something like this and the, and maybe that's not a good example either everything is in the vein of what i'm doing is what i'm saying like like everything is exactly damon millard when i mm -hmm. when i make something it's it's like and if it's not i don't do it it's like ah, gotcha. this isn't this isn't for this show it's not it's it's not true me because I'm not. And that, be, that, that becomes your brand is, is yeah. you are the brand. And that is, you know, with, with, with uh, my show right now, that is that brand is yeah. what I'm, what I'm trying to, to show to everybody who is watching, because again, that, you know, usually when it's with books and here, obviously uh, you are a comedian, but in, right. uh, in either case, just, uh, uh, you know, standing on uh, in, in a Barnes and Noble or scrolling through Amazon, you could be looking yeah. for for something, and there's a million things in the same exact category of vampire romance in space or something. And right, and you got to make a, a you got to make a decision right away. Yeah, I'd like your idea where you 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 come in completely clean, um, no no 
prior bias or prerequisite knowledge. It's a great idea, actually. Okay. Yeah. So as long as yeah, as long as you don't yeah, don't don't tamper with that recipe. Give it. You can be clean and pure and honest. Have you told people you didn't really? Have you like? I didn't watch any of your stuff. <laughs> I apologize, but like, have you? Oh, I didn't read you. I didn't. No, yeah, that's a, that that's that's the uh, the hook of the show is that I uh, you know just like with with uh, you I've only seen the two uh, the the two clips that I played uh, at the beginning. Um, that that's the idea is is that the um, the the at first uh, it, again usually it's a reading the back of the book uh, segment and it's meant to highlight how bad the concept of a synopsis to represent a book. Right. And judging a book by its cover really is, and so I won't. I won't even read um, the the synopsis until I do the show because I want that to uh, to be organic. And yeah. like the one of the best examples was uh, episode six uh, was a book called uh, Love, Peace, and Gravity. And on the cover there was a picture of like a uh, an old like grandfather clock face. And so I'm thinking like, okay, this sounds cool. Like maybe some sci-fi, uh, you know, time travel, something like that. And um, I go, uh, we start the conversation and I, um, I ask like, so how does the time and the gravity play into this, uh, this romance novel that you've written? And she's like, oh, it's, it's not an, uh, a novel. Um, this is about my fiance that died seven months ago. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it allows me to, show you know not just how uh how you know how much disparity there is between what you can what you can fit inside the book and what you can fit on the back of the book but um really trying to to dive into this uh, uh, uh attention economy that if if someone has your interest then that is that is valuable and so the the it used, it used to be somebody would want to listen to what you have to say because they read your book and they like what you wrote, but you know, where now it's, you know, like what you're doing, yeah. what you're doing. Grab it, attention grabbing, like you got to do it. And, and uh, exactly. It's, uh, you know, and, and same thing no. that what we're doing right now, the fact that you're a comedian and not an author. No, that's, that's crazy. I'm actually, one of the sketches that I drew up here, um, actually addresses this. Uh, it's going to be a sketch in the low budget show soon. Um, but it's about how every fucking hot chick on Instagram has 5 million followers and people would like true, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, does that like not, oh man, I don't even know where it is, but like, man, oh, it bugs me when you see how many millions of subscribers or hey, I mean, you, whatever. you can't hate the game. You gotta, I, you yeah, know. I know. I know. <laughs> but you got to hate the people who fall for it, dude. It's just big oh, yeah. clickbait. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, here it is. You probably won't be able to see it. But this this is a child version of me, like depressed on the couch. And then my fake dad, also played by me, comes up and he's uh, he's bummed out. And he says, why? Because no one watches the low budget show. And then he's like, son, let me show you something. And then he just starts scrolling through titties and ass. And he's like, this is what they want. And then and then the point of the sketch is it divulges into them both being like, damn, son. Right? And then they both really get into it. So the like joke that. is that they also fall for it right. themselves. I'm going to turn oh, this light on for a second. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much that helps, but the lighting's changing over here, and I have a dark apartment in general. But um, yeah. So it really does come Get down that to that. Pretty face and, out here. Yeah. And so let me <laughs> thank you. Um, let me be honest with you about something. I had already talked to you about possibly doing this show when um when I created that uh trailer that tra I make a trailer for every episode and and the trailers themselves are actually their own thing like 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 they're you you could watch like a playlist of just the trailers and it's they're actually not too bad it's like two minutes of condensed right and, and I try to like I try to make the I I take stuff out of uh, context to to make a, a story out of it. And so I knew I was going to be on here and I had that conversation with you about like, what could I provide to you in place of, you know, the treatment or, or the synopsis. Yeah. And and so in this trailer, I actually address the fact that the low budget show isn't exactly a podcast mm. it isn't exactly a sketch show it isn't it's it's literally its own fucking little it's like an ugly little monster with short little legs and it runs around mm -hmm. and it has 200 subscribers almost hopefully soon and uh and that's all that it is and it's really just it's i described it as in the description uh i used to describe it as peewee's playhouse meets uh the tonight show you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's, and there's no rules and it's playful. And there's this fiction also, like the more you watch it, the more you watch it, the more of the inside jokes you get. Like there's this whole, there's this whole quasi fiction of like, okay, so here's Juggalo John, right? I wrote down a Juggalo I wrote John. Down, I was like, I got to ask about Juggalo John. Juggalo John is the fake executive producer of the show. So he's a, he's a recurring character who he's a slimy he's a slimy like uh hollywood type dude who's always trying to like get one over on you and in the fiction of the show which i never break the i never break character like i i pretend he's like a, just like a guy that i know and he's the executive producer of the low budget show the low budget show is always doing bad or spending too much money or blah 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 and he like he reappears and people like love this dude because he's fleshed out the more episodes you watch the the like more of a of a true 3d character he becomes and he's like yo that you know i do all voice and for those like, who don't for those who don't know uh juggalo is a uh, a fan of uh insane clown posse um a diehard fan and they wear makeup like that so here's the story of this Please. this is actually john this pa is actually papa john papa john yeah i cut him out of a i cut him out of the front of a pizza box and i would and i it, so in the early episodes he, he actually still has the papa john's shirt on but then when i relaunched it i no longer owned it anymore i just couldn't find it i couldn't find the cardboard anymore so i actually printed him out photoshopped uh a juggalo shirt on him and then retaped it to cardboard and so he reappears all the time um you know he says some so he says he gets away with saying stuff that i want to mm. say so i use him kind of like a scapegoat oh man he's made some racial jokes so there you go maybe i do do it um but yeah he's <laughs> he said some stuff you know he he is who he is then i also play 
see the thing is it's like it's like a it's like i'm a sad lonely boy so i have to play all the parts myself right so there's an entire interview where i, I interview my twin brother who's like this fucking southern like redneck dummy nascar type dude <laughs> and like i just so there's like this continually moving false history with the show that i never break and it's sewn together with the real life fucking like i like i i talk about losing friends and family members and like it's all like intertwined in like this really weird way where you're like damn it he was just he was just giving me a heart to heart and now he's got a clown again he's got a cardboard clown tie he's talking to you know and it's like so when you're talking before about how uh with your stand-up it's it's uh very real and it's very uh yeah. introspective um yeah. is that one of the benefits of of yeah. uh doing the the show in addition to that where you can you can be a little bit more yeah. uh creative and you can you can be a little bit more liberal with with you know everything that you're doing because you're not necessarily uh trying to yeah. to uh be true to life absolutely and and let me say this first so okay um i'll have jokes right and and jokes have to be hyperbole to a, to a certain degree or something but like what i'll do is in order to create like this great world on stage and stay true to this is really what happened to me type of thing it's like i'll combine different things into the same place and location so like all of my ex-girlfriend on stage is made up of nine ex-girlfriends mm. all of this stuff really existed all these things were said to me in some way if you know if i'm not like leaning a little bit hard on the, you know how she acted or whatever but they're all combined into like one person right gotcha. yeah or, or like if if a couple things happen to me i make them all happen to me at the same night in at the party right so yeah i am being true to my real life but it has to have you have to have that license to or else you're just like wow yeah you know or it would be it would be more boring if i were to but it, yeah and then so you have that and then the low budget show just gives me um like you said like like i know characters like juggalo john in real life and so I want to have fun with that. I know people like Dustin, who's my fake twin brother. I, you know, and uh, and the stuff that I have him say about my mom. Oh, man, it's amazing. <laughs> he gets to like shit all over my mother and I don't have to hear. And it's like I'm off the hook. You know what I mean? That's hilarious. You know, he's talking about her burning him with cigarettes and stuff, which isn't true. But I mean, I feel like she neglected me to a certain <laughs> degree. You know what I mean? And like and. And then there's like, I have a, I have a, um, a life coach who I also play and, uh, he's based completely on my cousin, Gary, who's just like this knucklehead into like lifting weights and just like, and like, I get to like, I get to feel what it's like to be in Gary's head in a way that I don't, when I do stand up, I get to write from a different point of view and it's an invaluable tool to understanding other people, especially when it comes to like, you know, taking that back into stand up and then like understanding people and like commenting on who they are as 
you know, because I mean, their 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 life is no less valuable than mine. Their 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 life experience. I mean, I don't I don't have it figured out. You know. Yeah, I don't think any of us do. So uh, like, so when I'm on stage, I'm always the loser. Like I always am the butt of the joke. Uh, it's self-deprecating to like the 10th degree. And it's, it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? I'm like, a, I'm like, I'm literally without sounding like a Christ figure, like I'm really the Messiah up there and I'm taking all of your flaws and I'm living them and I'm, di- I'm killing myself on stage. And then you get to walk out of there and you're like, fuck, at least I'm cleansed of our guy. sins. Yeah. Cle- <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't believe his credit score is 287. <laughs> Mine's 400. I feel great, you know? I was and crying about it this morning, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if do you have any uh, aspirations to go into acting? Or uh, is the... the Not really. Like- my, my girlfriend's an actor, so I'm, I'm, I don't... I don't... <laughs> I mean, sure. I, li- I don't like... I honestly don't like the written... I don't like st- sticking to the script. So like a mm-hmm. lot of those, a lot of the sketches that I do are kind of loosely written. And then I kind of like find it in the moment. And that's mm-hmm. something that you can't really do. Like if you were an right. actual actor. Um, and yeah, I mean, let me say it like this. I, I'm open to anything. I'm open to every experience in the world. Like I said, I, I've, I've given up being afraid of anything ever again i'll never be afraid of anything again i'll fucking except skydiving i'm not gonna be going skydiving dude it's awesome i went skydiving in hawaii oh thank you it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) so are you a one-man team do you i know you have yeah mostly tony but is that is no tony's more of like tony's more of like a um behind the scene guy but yeah i i pretty much put it all i i shoot it i edit it i i it could definitely use it. There should be a low budget show 2.0 reinvention where I bring in a team or something at some point. But um, now it's 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 all it's all shot and edited by me. Like uh, my girlfriend. Sometimes my girlfriend helps me focus the camera every once in a while, but uh, and then I'll get mad at her if it's out of focus <laughs> or something. But. Uh, that's gonna yeah. be so much work though like it is. I'm, I, it just is. editing this where it's just the two boxes and just putting that you know and yeah like i'll i'll make uh yeah i mean the uh the more tedious editing is is uh when i make the clips because like this i'll put out just you know again like when when marty uh marty when morty was barking and i'll, I'll cut that out but and yeah sometimes sometimes i don't um, and then, right. but then when I do the clips, I'll like cut out a little space, uh, you know, the spaces, yeah. the uhs, the ums and, and stuff like that. So yeah. that's more tedious. Well, let I me, can't imagine. Yeah. Well, know, let me No, It's, it's so, it's so long. And that's why it's basically one episode a month, but yeah. ideally I'd like to do it every two weeks. And, um, in the beginning, I'm, oh, let me, I never finished telling you how it came up. So I was, I was in St. Louis and I was doing that thing where I was just talking to the camera as if it was an open mic. And then, uh, to make myself like responsible for the show, I said, I was like uploading it. And like, then I was like, oh, I need guests. Well, the whole time, the reason I came up with the name, the low budget show, and I'm not the only one that exists, by the way, there's like other low budget shows. But by the time I found that out, I'd already had two or three episodes in the can. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. This is the one, this is the real one. And, um, I didn't have video editing equipment. Um, I would upload all of the videos 
to YouTube and YouTube used to have this and I think it still does have it has an online video editor where you can basically edit on the internet um, your clips together and I used to do it like that and the problem was uh, so I would have the two cameras shoot but there was no way of using one audio track for the whole thing you had to whatever camera you were showing on screen that's the audio you had so every time in an interview when it cut to the tight shot like you could hear the audio change and it was called the low budget show because i mean i was literally shooting it on something very similar to this and and a gopro camera and so i mean uh, along the way i've upgraded you know i edit it in premiere pro now and uh i shoot it I shoot it basically most of it i shoot on on this but there's an upgrade coming also and Ooh. and so it, it's developed it's it's growing and um but yeah that's where the name the low budget show came from and it's it's very tedious and it, it is and it's hard but my it also keeps me constantly thinking about it because you know, I can't just sit down and the interview's done. Like, I mean, I right. have to, in my head. So the very last episode, the Halloween special, I had this guest on, Katie, and she's great and all. But let me tell you this. I'm sitting there and I know that the interview is failing. It's failing hard. And so in my brain, I'm like, how can I fucking do this? So what I kept doing is I kept bringing up the same subject over and over and over and over. And then later on, I went back, I went into the editing software and I color coded every time we talked about cults. And then I, every time we talked about Halloween, I color coded that. And then I, and then I, it took me five days to edit this interview. And then I smoothed it out to make it seem like it's one smooth conversation and it's nice. anything, but <laughs> right. And then there's always these cutaways. There's always like, there's hit, there's hidden shit in the show that nobody Julia. really knows about. There's Easter Julia eggs. Louis there's Dreyf uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus could like pop up here like for a brief second, or like there's there's so many little nuanced things that like you know it's kind of like it's kind of like I I remember like when Family Guy first came out. The more times you watched it, the funnier it got because then you got to you'd see little things could, here and there. Yeah, you could yeah. And it, the low budget show is very much like that, especially when it comes to like the story or like there's all these like quick cuts of, of, of like craziness and like, That's I don't the know. That's stuff that would, that would hook me is the, the um, you know, the, the, the inside jokes, the recurring themes yeah. that you don't have to know in right. order to uh, enjoy it. But if you but do, the, it makes it that much, uh, that yeah. much better. There was like this, so there's this, um, there's like three or four episodes in a row where I, I, for some reason, I just happened to say glory hole. So then, so then it became like a, like a mission to like always um, mention the word glory hole or hide a fake glory hole, like in the wall back here. Mm -hmm. Like oh, there would be God. like a moment where like my arm moves and like uh, you see a glory, glory hole. hole and then the next time <laughs> it goes back. And then I go like this, it's gone, gone, right? So there's like these little like subliminal slash things. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in like every episode and she's very hard to find. But I also do these things called bits videos where I take like a, like a little chunk, like a, just like a, a clip from the show. Yeah, that Usually, was like the, the, the lottery ticket. Uh, the lottery ticket was from a, 
you know, it was a part of a full episode. And, um, and there's one of those bits videos where I actually do point out a, a few of the Easter eggs. I, I show you exactly where they are. And it kind of like gets people invigorated to go back and watch and try and find more. I love that stuff. Like I just uh, saw, I, I just saw uh, Eternals and um, the, 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 you know, the new Marvel yeah. movie. And I don't. Uh, no spoilers, no spoilers. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> and I, while I was watching, I was, uh, I, I was already in my mind thinking of um, the, uh, the, the Easter egg video that I was going to watch when I got home. I was like, I know there's there's a, a whole lot going on here that I'm missing, and um, right. So it, it's I mean I, I'm not really a I was never a, a comic book fan, and then I got uh, into the MCU pretty late. Like I think it was between Infinity War and Endgame when I was like, oh wait, this is actually like a thing. Like this is cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't realize it was that all all you know the what ten years before that I was like they're making another Iron Man. Like what could they possibly be doing? superhero comes saves the day end of the end of story what is there right and uh, i didn't realize how how uh just how much they packed into uh in, into these things yeah yeah it's it it's cool and especially like if you have prerequisite knowledge and know what to look for and like you know how like stan lee would always be like a janitor yeah. or something like these things are really cool you know and that goes all the way back to like alfred hitchcock who would show up in he had Alfred Hitchcock presents and he would always show up in like one of the scenes, like maybe just in like a crowd shot, he's walking in front of the thing. So yeah, like a, that stuff, I really get into that stuff. Um, there's like, I, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's, I don't want to suck my own cock. I mean, I, I can in real life, but metaphorically, I feel like I'm like, Hey, that's what you're here for, man. Yeah, let the people know it's good. Please do subscribe to it. Please come watch it. I, I I do put a ton of work into it. I'm hoping to. I'm I'm you know I got some great ideas. I, uh, it's just like I I got I think I have to. It's time to build a team. I think I think it's time to like incorporate. I mean, you know? it seems like the type of thing that if you did have a uh, a small team, you know, and and uh, it would just allow you to flesh out some of the ideas, maybe if nothing else, then, you know, just, you know, having more hands around and then just the time that it would take from, yeah. from filming uh, or the time it would take from the conception of the idea to the filming of it, to the release of it, uh, you know, that, just cutting down on that, I feel like could, uh, could make certain thing, uh, you know, could, could make or yeah, break yeah, whether yeah. or not you, you go with certain ideas. Like there's, there's videos that I've, I've wanted to make, um, you know, cause again, I have the podcast, but I'm, I'm trying to branch the channel out into, to more stuff and more so I, so that I could be the focus and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's ideas that I had that it was, it, it was just like, eh, I kind of don't really know how to do that. I don't know. And then it just like, it passed. And, right. um, so, but if I had a team where I could be like, Hey, I have this idea, how do we do this? Let's do that. And this, and it would have been, it would have been great. But, um, you know, as long as, you know, it's, it's, it's your team and you're bringing on the right people. I think that, you know, I, I could only, it could only benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really where it's, it's heading to. Um, yeah. So it, it basically, it was me out of necessity. What in the hell? I think my girlfriend's trying to like crawl behind here. <laughs> Yo, 
Yo, you all right there, Chief? I need to get my makeup. Yeah, I swear to God, she's got to go get her makeup over here. You, you, you can walk back in the frame. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, his dog's jumping around. Jesus, I hope you leave this in. This is see, this is what I would call a low budget moment. These this oh, yeah. would never get cut out of a low budget no, show. Yeah, this is I fucking live for those real things that happen. Um like 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 in the Halloween special, um, there's a moment where my dog comes over and just starts licking Katie's leg on the couch. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that's gotta stay. You know what I mean? These Definitely. are the oh, yeah. like I don't cut that kind of stuff out because it's like it's too it's too good well we seen you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if i were to if you, if you were to let me pitch it in, in simplest terms i can it's like it's just like come on this roller coaster into madness with me i don't know where it's going i you know it's just like it's like the way magneto walks you know how like like right before his foot lands a piece of metal yeah. that that's kind of how i feel i feel like that on stage sometimes that's and really i cool. definitely feel like that in my real world just i confidently just go start stepping in the air and then at some point something solid lands there and you know i'm we have a lot of fun the people who are into it are so into it that it it's it's sick you know i probably and I have tried, but I, I probably should relaunch the um, Patreon page because I think like there's there's a lot of okay. So I I took down the early episodes for the only reason that they are extra low budget because those are the mm -hmm. ones I edited on YouTube and yeah. they're the quality is not as good. And so I took down the first twenty three episodes. Um, I re put one up last week because my buddy died. I was telling you that he he died of heroin. I think. Actually, no one's saying what it is, but I think he did. Um, and he was my guest on episode 15, which was part of the re retired episodes. And so, mm -hmm. so you got episode 15 and then 24 onward is what's available. Every show has a preview, which is kind of its own thing too. It's funny. It, it moves really fast. And then, and then the bits videos, which are mostly like either the sketches or the cartoons that I've made or um, like a little piece of an interview that I thought was standalone funny. And so that's how I actually, um, that's how I make up for the fact that I only can put out like one a month is I've reissued like bits stuff and, and the preview is kind of its own thing. And so, but yeah, I, I'd like to a build a team so that I can do it twice a month. And then also with a team, I probably could tackle some bigger, like everything is in this micro universe, right? Like mm -hmm. everything pretty much happens in my like living room, right? That's where I film everything. But with a, with a team and stuff, I could probably go out and do other stuff. Yeah, I would, I would, I would love to see how far you could take it. That, that you know, the, the idea of, um, you know, merging, the the interview and the, the the skits I think that's I think that's such a uh, a good medium for just like being open and it, it leaves so many possibilities. Yeah, thank so, you, man. I appreciate that. Let me ask you a tough question, or maybe right. it's not. Maybe it's not a tough question. If you if you could only do either the low budget show or stand up, which would you pick? Stand up by far, man. I mean, I love the low budget show, but it's there's there's nothing like stand-up there's nothing like that real that on the on the spot feedback 
that that true like you know i don't but uh, i can imagine <laughs> yeah no i mean there's i don't even know how to put it into words i mean because there's there's literally nothing like it even when you do bad you get that the feeling of like a roller coaster even mm. when you bomb you get to get some kind of reward <laughs> you know uh meeting people after the shows like really talking to people seeing the country fucking getting dude i'll i'll be in like a really nice hotel meals paid for plane ticket all from fucking jokes that i wrote down you know what i mean it's so weird to me sometimes i'd be sitting there in a hotel room just like jokes brought me here you know what i mean this this thing that i didn't even really intend to like do you know like yeah, well, it shows the value of, of uh, what you're bringing to the table. You know, my album every once in a while, I still get a royalty check for it. Like, I'm just like out of the blue, a show I did in 2016. I'm just like, oh, I got another check. Nice. Boom. You know what I mean? It's just like it's it's a weird it's a weird life. And like, yeah. And and another reason stand up is because it's like it's truly it's it's me. It's it's like every I don't know. I get so much out of it. I get so much about myself out of it. And I mean, getting sober, cleaning up and just developing as like a general human being, you know what I mean? It's all come through, you know, like looking inward and not just, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I grew up and, in this shitty, people, yeah, yeah, I grew people up always, in shitty, sorry, man. Yeah, I, mean, I grew up in this shitty small town, right? They love me. Uh, I love them to a degree, uh, but it's, it was full of like blue collar knuckleheads, you know, I mean, I could be drinking Miller Lite at the bar every single day of my life, never, never cracking a book, never thinking about heavier subjects, never really worried about, you know, just clocking in at a factory, clocking out, you know, stand up saved me from that, dude. Yeah, I, I, I could never have that. Uh, that uh, I've I've never worked a nine to five. I I you know before I was uh, doing the dog training, I would just uh, work in restaurants and stuff. I mean, you know, not that that was. I I kind of spent a little bit too long in that period, and that had a lot to do with the drugs and stuff. But yeah. um, you know, I knew that even uh, even going on, there was no way I was going to be uh, that kind of person where I can just punch a clock and go in. And I mean, I obviously had. Um, you know, I've had retail jobs that were, you know, you just go in, you punch a clock, you're standing behind a register for eight hours and you go home. And it's just, it's, it's literally mind numbing. It makes you dumber because you, all the time that you're, you're just wasting. And, you know, like it's, uh, I can't, I can't even, it hurts to think about, you know, I was maybe a total of four years in, in, in retail since I was 16 and, uh that so much of that time was just time that i could have been doing anything anything else yeah so you know that the, and i you know i drive a lot uh for my job now um i i probably do as much driving if not more than i do training um and um but i i'm i'm fine with that because a i've turned my car into a learning center i rarely ever listen to music i'm always listening to podcasts um yeah. And then, uh, you know, when the, the, the job itself of, um, uh, of the dog training is, is more rewarding and I'm having an impact on people's lives in that moment. And it's, it's like, 
I'm doing yeah. something. So That's even so if it's, cool. you know, even if it's time where I can't spend on the podcast and, and doing things that I'm even more passionate about, it's still, it's not, it's not just wasting away. And I, I mean, that's, I can't, I, I can't even, I'm trying to yeah. find the words to, to just finding how, your, there's, yeah, there's just no replacing finding your calling, you know, that's like being perfectly at peace with like, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, this is like, I think that's what you're getting at. There's just yeah, like, no, definitely. You, you're like, oh, fits like a glove. This is my yeah. life and I love it, you know? Definitely. Well, David, we've been going for um, a little while now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was wondering when you were going to pull the plug, you know? So- <laughs> I like to I like to let it go. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the conversation and um, I, yeah. uh, I didn't want to cut it off, but... Uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, we, we, we went over a lot and I'm definitely, um, I'm already subscribed to the channel, but I, I'm definitely going to be a, uh, 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 you know, regular viewer. And That's I was great. just saying on the last episode of, uh, uh, of this show that I got to stop telling everybody that I'm going to read their book because I'm not, but this <laughs> one I am. But, oh, that's um, awesome. you know, the, the fact that I'm already on, on uh, YouTube uh, uh, all day, you're definitely, you know, you're in the yeah. mix and, and uh, unless you screw up, it's hard to, it's hard to, to, to get out of that mix. So I'm, you, you've definitely uh, built at least one fan and uh, I, I and definitely. Cool. Yeah. And then you got a lot to like, you're starting this deep. You, you got 20 hours so to catch up on. So, yep. I, oh yeah. I have uh, plenty of, plenty, plenty of content to fill my time. Awesome. Um, so before we go, if there is, um, you know, anything that you want to plug, dates, uh, new shows, websites, anything like that, the floor is yours. All right. Awesome. So you can go to my website. It's DamonMillard.com. Right there, there's the low budget show you can find right on the website or it's uh, YouTube.com slash DamonMillard. And that's where you'll find the low budget show. Every, I have a have a show every Wednesday in Brooklyn that you guys can come check me out at. Um, if you're in New York City, I do a show at a place called O'Keefe's. It's called Punching Bag. It's every Wednesday, I'm working on the new hour, which I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot the special this fall, and I'm gonna dump my life savings into that. So that'd be great if when that comes out, you, you don't. I don't know. I. I, that's really about it, man. I, uh, I'm, I don't have a lot of dates on the books right now. Uh, COVID was kind of like disruptive. Um, what was, but again, yeah. Have you heard of it? <laughs> I, uh, I was waiting for you to bring it up. So the third time I, could get you. I was like, yeah. I know he's going to say it again. And I got it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that caused a little bit of a, uh, like a slowdown in my live performances and, and stuff, but things, things are coming back together. I'll be in Baltimore, December 9th. And that's also my two year sobriety date. So oh, awesome. Well, congrats on that. And definitely Thanks. all that stuff will be linked below. Um, so please go check out uh, uh, the channel is just uh, Damon Millard. Um, again, it'll be linked below. Um, and you know, there's the, uh, the standup, he's got the, uh, the low budget show. Um, and there is, um, hopefully plenty more coming because it sounds like you're ready to, uh, rev things up. And I'm very excited to see, uh, where, um, you know, where the, the show started, or at least the, this iteration of the show started and how far it's come, 
since then and 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 then where it goes after that awesome i had a lot of fun thanks man i thank you so much for coming on appreciate it have a good one all right well i wasn't sure how that was gonna go just because you know not only because morty felt the need to be very vocal today um, but, you know, trying something new. I didn't know if the format would uh, be good for anything other than books because I haven't tried it yet. But um, I felt like that worked. I felt like we uh, did the, the same kind of show that we, we look to do with uh, authors. Um, and uh, the fact that we we're able to bring in a different type of medium um, particularly one that I, uh, the medium I'm more familiar with as, uh, you know, someone who doesn't read a lot of books. Uh, it was really cool to be able to have a, a similar type of discussion, but in a very uh, different, um, different, different vein. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm, you know, like I said, in uh, uh, one of the past episodes, I'm, I am going to stop telling people that I'm going to read their book uh, in the episode because I'm not going to read most books. Um, you know, I, I, uh, there, there are a couple that I have, um, after, after the fact, but that's, that's not what we're doing here. And I, that shouldn't take away from anything that's being said, whether I'm going to read the book or not, it's, it's, it's for you guys. Um, but in terms of, uh, the comedy, like I said, he is, uh, maybe that was not on air, but he's, uh, you know, I've subscribed to the channel. It's just Damon Millard, D-A-M-O-N-M-I-L-A-R-D. That should be on the screen for the whole time anyway. Um, and, uh, yeah, so check out his, uh, his podcast. And, um, he, uh, like you said, he's in Brooklyn all the time. And, um, when he goes on tour, I'm sure he will, uh, have, plenty of, uh, you know, uh, uh, notice about that. And, uh, so make sure you, you, you follow him and get, uh, get some tickets, go see him live, uh, get those subs up for him and, uh, let me know what you thought about this way of doing the show. Um, do you, did you care that it was not, uh, an author? Um, are, were you disappointed to, to, to find that we weren't going to be speaking with an author at all? Or did that not matter? Was it still the, a, a type of conversation that you were into? Uh, should I continue um, trying to find uh, people in addition, uh, other people in addition to authors? Or um, do you like just the, the, uh, the book? Um, or do you just like the, the, the author and book idea? Let me know in the comments down below. Thank you so much again for tuning into another episode of I Didn't Read Your Book, or in this case, I Haven't Seen Your Comedy. I am your host, I am your host, Lutch, and I, I am your host, Lutch, and I, I am your host, Lutch. Please like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, do all of that good stuff. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at idrybluch. That's I-D-R-Y-B-L-U-T-C-H, idrybluch. Um, and uh, let me know what you think of uh, Damon's comedy and uh, go subscribe to him after you subscribe to me. All right, I will see you in the next one.